for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt, or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Do you have a relationship with the Word? We hope that you do, and we hope that being here with us today will improve that relationship. This is your next step. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy from the church next door. Pastor Doyle Jackson is here, and he's going to talk to us today about having that relationship with the Word. Yeah, I just, the, the Word of God is a relationship because the Bible says it's living and it's active. Uh, it's it's not a person. It's not like the Godhead, but you have a relationship with the Word because Jesus is so much a part of the Word. I mean, God is infused in the Word. It's why we do a year in the Bible here at the church next door. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really believe that every day you ought to spend some time uh, quietly with God and the Word and and listen to Him through his word. A year in the Bible is our daily reading and devotion. You have a four to five minute intro to the text. Then we have the text. You can get that through our app, the church next door app that's on Google. Yeah. uh, But I would just say, go to, go to Apple uh, podcast, go to Spotify, download it there because um, it will, it'll give you a reminder every day where our app doesn't do that. And so if you'll, if you'll actually sign up for it, if you'll uh, say, I want to get this every day and subscribe, it'll remind you every day to read your word. So a couple ways to get that uh, podcast and that daily reading. When I hear about relationship uh, with the word, though, Pastor, I, I have this little comic. It's on my computer. I can show it to you. Two guys are talking, and then one guy says, I do love people, but only in the theological sense. Okay. You know, we can't just be theological with our relationships. No, They're not really. Re- if, if you want to have a real relationship with God and with the word, you have to be actual. And we're going to talk about that today, how to have an actual relationship with God and His Word. This is Great Hope, the Word. Yesterday, I flip on the TV and they're, they're, they're talking about Prince Philip. I thought there was a couple things that were really interesting to me. Number one, the commentators were like shocked that there was so much religion in his funeral. I'm like, well, it's at the church. We all know that the Queen of England, the Anglican Church, where where have these reporters been that they're shocked at the religious nature of it? You know what I'm saying? And then they start talking about Philip, and they said some things that were interesting to me. They were talking about how when, when Philip married the Queen, okay, when they got married, he became a royal, and how he had to give up some of his life. That he was, you know, this Navy guy, and he was this hard-charging kind of guy. Yeah, I, I loved the, the, I'm calling it a truck. I know that it's a Land Rover, the truck that he designed. I mean, I'm like, that looks like something we would do here on the west side of Columbus, doesn't it? An old, cool truck is what we want as our, as our funeral coach? Go Prince, you know what I'm saying? is they're talking about him and and talking about this and what he'd given up in his life. And I began to reflect on what the Bible, the Word of God, says about you and I. It says through our relationship with Jesus Christ that you and I become a part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation, set apart wholly to God. 
How dare you and I believe that we can be a God follower and we not give up something? I mean, we want the benefits of the kingdom of God, right? We want the blessings. And trust me, Prince Philip, he had some nice parts about his life. But there were some things he didn't get to determine, did he? See, you and I have to accept that as God followers, if we become a part of this family, the family of God, there will be some things that we have to set aside. That's the second thing I noted was they kept talking about family, 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 and yet they were honest about the fact that family ain't perfect. I don't know about your family, but it gives me great hope when I see the queen and all the troubles that she has with family. We're not going to go into the tabloids. I'm just telling you, family is family, and we don't always see eye to eye. And that brings me to the third thing, all right, which relates to what we're talking about. Have you ever been at an event with your family and they retell the story of that event and their story is different from your story? Yeah. Were they at a different event? You say that sometimes. Were you at a different party for me? No. They have a different set of life experiences. They were sitting in a different place in the room. They missed the fact that so-and-so spilled such-and-such on so-and-so and that you got this reaction. If you were asked, Jennifer, right now to retell you the story of our wedding day, it's going to be vastly different from my perspective. My dad was the officiant. He cried. His perspective is different from mine. Does that mean that the events didn't happen the way that they're told to you? No. We live in that reality every day, don't we? So why is it some people who claim to be Bible scholars find somehow when they read the the account of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as though the fact that they don't line up perfectly? Write this down. There's a guy by the name of J. Warner Wallace. Okay, J. Warner Wallace was a homicide detective. He was not a believer. J. Warner Wallace spent years doing homicides and cold cases. One day he decided he wanted to know if the Bible was real or not. So he wanted to, to test it to his homicide standards. As he started reading the Gospels, you know what he determined? He determined the fact that the stories are different from different witnesses, that it's true. Because that was his experience in dealing with a homicide. He said, if I roll up on a homicide and everybody starts telling me the exact same story, I know there's collusion. I know they've met in a room and they've told, they've said, this is what the story we're going to tell. And he said, I know I have to find the truth. And he said, when I, so if you want to look up J. Warner Wallace, that's a great testimony. Look up the case for Christ, the, the case for faith by Lee Strobel. These are, these are tools. The the Christians that have had questions about the authenticity of Scripture have always dug in to try to find those answers. And my guess is this, the questions that you have about the Bible have been looked at before. If you find a new question, I want to hear it. Because I believe that would be a great discovery for us. How about this? They announced in Israel that they found more documentation of the ancient world from the first century in the caves near where they found the the Qumran scrolls years ago. Not at Qumran, just down the way in the Rift Valley near the Dead Sea. 
We are going to continue to find such artifacts. You're like, well, I don't know that, man. It seems like everything would be found. There are literally thousands of caves, okay? There's also what's called the Engedi Mole Viper in that area, and not everybody wants to go in those caves because of the Engedi Mole Viper. I'm just telling you, if God has held this information for all these years, if history has held it, you and I need to give it a good look at, okay? So today, as I look at the whole discussion of the Bible, why is it important? Why, why is this important? Well, you and I believe as Christians in what we call natural or general revelation. That means when you see the sun come up every day, you see the sun in the sky and you're like, awesome, it's going to be a great day. In Columbus, about 50% of the time, it's cloudy, so you don't see that. But the, the natural creation tells you that there's something going on. There's something wonderful going on. Because our earth, it rotates around the sun, tilted on its axis at just the right way so that you and I have the direct distance that we need to have the warmth, the coolness, everything that we need to have life on this earth, right? And so for us as God followers, we look at that. Now, I realize that many people in our culture today, they've just adopted what I would call a deistic worldview. They believe that something started it. We don't know what it is. They created something vague. They say, well, maybe it was explosion. Maybe there was some kind of force because there's no way for a black hole to explode without some sort of extra help. We know that. In the same way, when, when the lights come on in this room, you know that there had to be someone who flipped the switch. There's someone who pressed a button. Or we set up a system by which it came on automatically at the right time. Well, that's general revelation, okay? So when you and I sit on a mountain and we look over the beautiful valleys, maybe it's the Grand Canyon, haven't been there yet, hope to. And we, we imagine, wow, what a beautiful place. This is, that's general revelation. When you and I look at the Bible, that's called a, a special revelation where God has made himself known to all humanity. A deist believes that God started it all, then stepped away from it. But where's the ethics in that? Why would a God start it all and then never interact with it? Well, the Bible says, yes, I started it all. I'm glad you've been looking for me. Let me explain to you why I did all this. And, and then it begins to explain that, yes, evil came into our world and God had to deal with it. Now, what's interesting to me in that is that you and I are aware of the evilness of the world in which we live. Right now, as a culture, we are, we are just kind of like in this constant, just kind of drumbeat that there's things that are not right about the world in which we live. The way we treat one another, the way we live is inappropriate. Everything from the issues of race to human trafficking to drug problems, you just name it. We're aware that there's something not right. Well, the Bible says that that is the brokenness, the, 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 the evil of our sinful nature in the world in which we live. Paul in Scripture described that kind of throbbing, groaning. He says that the whole earth, the whole earth is groaning. Creation is crying out to its creator. Show up in the midst of this. 
And you and I for the past year have experienced a global reality that there needs to be something more to life because something is not right and we need some help in a mighty, mighty way. And so you and I turn to the Word of God and we say, God, what is it you're doing? And that's why it becomes important. Now, today, I want us to look at this, that, you know, the Bible's an ancient document, and, and yet we read it, and there seems like some of the things about the Bible, they're just so disconnected from our world, and, and we don't relate to them. And, and you and I, we live in a culture that's always looking for the new, right? We're looking for something better along the horizon. Something, we, just, we want something to solve all our problems. We believe that an iPhone will solve all our problems. If we just get a new app, somehow... That app will make our life easier. No, there's still sin in the world. It may make it easier for a while, but they'll find out some way to mess up that app. We have more resources for you at doylejackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, we have a great free resource we want to share with our friends. It is a copy of your great message, Great Hope, The Cross. This is going to be a PDF digital download. If they go to DoyleJackson.com, give us their email, it'll be sent to them. What is the value of having that message on uh, PDF as well as hearing it through the radio? Well, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, number one, we learn things best when we get to see them, when we get to hear them, and somehow when we get to be kinetically involved with them, we get our hands involved. And and that's what we want our our friends to do, because you're partnering with us. You're listening, and, and we want to give this to you. And then I'm praying that you'll pray this prayer out loud. That's part of this lesson. Uh, we go through in this lesson the, the eight things that Christ provided on the cross. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided righteousness. I'm not going to give you all eight right now. Right. you got to go right. and get it, because if you begin to pray that aloud over your life, it'll transform the way you think about Jesus and the way you think about yourself, because it transforms us to confess that aloud. We're beginning to engage with what God is is doing when we start to... Yep. to it's just like when you hear somebody quote a scripture and yep. you're like, well, I want to look it up. You're engaging even more. This is a chance to engage even more with the cross. So go to DoyleJackson.com, put in your email. You'll get this PDF. We believe it's going to bless your life. Let's continue with your next step. When we read the Bible, we think it's out of touch. But this is what Solomon had to say. Solomon was David's son. Okay, He was the king of Israel. What has been will be again, and what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. What Solomon said is, what you and I think is new is actually just a repeat. You think it's so cool because you discovered plaid. Plaid's not new. You think bell bottoms are new. Some of us had those back in the 70s. They're not new. You think skinny jeans were new. Nope, they had those in the 50s. We think that somehow the hairstyles that we have are new. See, they're not really that new. They just keep coming back. Now, some would say, well, that's because there's a sickle. Don't take me there. I can answer those questions too. Another religion. What happens is this, you and I have a craving for the answers. And in our craving for the answers, we keep coming back to the same solutions. We have a craving for something that that would be consistent. 
The world is consistent despite our cravings for newness. And, and, and God has always shown up. And one of the reasons I believe that the biblical worldview is important for you and I to, to address, to come close to, is this. I've studied other religions, and there's, there's four things that need to be answered. Number one, your origin. Where did you come from? See, the deistic worldview is that something just exploded and, 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 and that happened and maybe that was God, maybe that was not. Well, the biblical worldview is that God created everything. Origin is number one. Number two is morality. How do you decide what's right and wrong if science is all that you believe in? The Bible gives you a standard of morality. Thirdly, it gives you meaning. It says that your life is valuable and meaningful because your creator created you. He designed you for a purpose. Each and every one of us are unique and that we have a special calling for our life and God has a plan for your life. See, that's what the Bible invites you to investigate. And then finally, it answers the question of destiny. What happens to you when your body gives out? God says that I take you into eternity and one day I'm going to raise you to life again. It's one of the amazing, amazing concepts that the Bible invites you and I to. When you and I open up the Bible, what it tells us is that God has always wanted a relationship with humanity. God has always wanted a relationship with you. He's always wanted a relationship with me. He's always wanted to. That's why he created the Garden of Eden. And yes, we rebelled. But he created a solution for that. God has always wanted a relationship with us. In in the Gospel of John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What's that talking about? John says, God was there. Jesus was there when the world was created. When you you read the, the first chapters of Genesis, and it talks about the the Spirit of God hovering over the earth. It it says that that Jesus was there. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all in the creation. And God's been working to build a relationship with you. And what's unique about the day in which we live, John said, is that He showed up. He was in the beginning with God. In verse 14, He says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, when you and I open up the Word of God, we become face-to-face with God. Your face gets to open it. It gets to, to talk with God. You get to share with God your heart. and You get to listen to Him for humanity. And, and can I just tell you, in the greatest highs and lows of my life, the Word of God has been there. It's given me hope in my lows and understanding in my highs. Just today, early this morning, I got up and I read today's reading and I was, I was blown away that it talked about something that relates to you and I and our lesson today. Today's reading was, was from uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11 and chapter 12. In chapter 12, it tells how the prophet Nathan came to David and confronted him with his sin his relationship with Bathsheba. And this is chapter 12, verse 9. You may have to write this down because it's not in your notes, okay? This happened early this morning, so it was an addition. This is what the prophet said to David. He said, why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? See, 
David recognized that it was wrong for him to commit adultery, to take another man's wife as his own, do not covet what your neighbor has, and do not murder. I mean, think about this. David commits three of the Ten Commandments in a matter of days. And you and I, we can judge David and say he's wrong. We can judge ourselves too. See, the standard was the Word of God. And David's like, oh, got me. Got me. When you and I come to the Word, we come face to face with it, God speaks to us. So what's the point of the Word? It's, it's to equip us for God's glory. The reason you and I have the Word of God, the reason I, I challenge you to read it every day, the, the reason I want you to read the Bible regularly, I want you to, to really get into it and know it. The reason I told you in, in 2013 we started the app was so that we could really become familiar with it, so we could become a part of our life, so we could talk about it together, so we could do life face-to-face with God and one another. That's when it becomes really, really, really powerful. And I know it's hard. I know it's a a big book, and I know that a lot of us don't like to read. If there's anybody who has, has compassion on somebody who struggles with reading, it's me. I've told you before, if, if, if I was growing up in today's schools, they probably would have given me some sort of multiple letter alliteration for my issues. That's all I'll say. But by God's grace, I didn't get that mark. And by God's grace, I, I, I worked through that. Today, the reason I bring to you these, these Bibles up here with me is this is my Greek New Testament. Can I read it very slowly and intently? You'll notice it's not worn out. But I can go to it, and I look to it at times. I try to understand. This is my Hebrew Bible. But when you and I hold up this, this is, this is a modern translation. The reason I like this is in the English, and it gives me in the notes at the bottom of the page all those information about whether or not this text and how it was passed down and special insights. And I would challenge you, get a Bible that's a study Bible. If the Bible's new to you, get a children's Bible and read it all the way through. You'll get the big picture. But no, you will not get everything that's in that Bible. But you'll have the big picture. Then get you a study Bible and read it every day. This this has been my study. This has been my read your Bible every day Bible for the past three years. If you come look at it, you'll look at all the notes that I have and the edge and margins and all the thoughts that I have. Why is that? Because I'm interacting with my Creator. I'm interacting with Jesus. I'm interacting with God, and that's what I invite you to. Don't leave it on a shelf. Can we be intellectually honest with ourselves? We know more about sports teams. We know about more about car engines. We know more about clothing styles. We know more about decorating. We'll spend more time and energy on on our hobbies than we do getting to know the one that created us. Please, please give him 15 or 20 or 30 minutes a day. I have a buddy. I have a buddy 10 years ago. He was so convicted by that idea that every day he's given God lunch while he was at work. I sit and open my Bible. Everybody at, my, at work knows my lunch hour is my God time. 
I submit to you that as a possibility for yourself. Why? This is why. It equips you for God's glory. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul is writing to Timothy in the church at Ephesus. All scripture is given by inspiration. The word inspiration means God breathed. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The reason I mentioned women there, yes, the pronoun there is he for men, but it is not implying that only men can be corrected. Ladies, you get in on the game. In the ancient world, and as the way we used to 50 years ago, he was used... He and him were used at times, the the masculine to imply for all humanity. But what's the point? The purpose of Scripture is a tool for our, our righteousness. It's a tool to transform us. It's to change us. And today, there are more and more people that are, that are looking at it like, well, maybe the ancient world was different, and maybe we could look at this translation a little bit different. Let me just tell you this, okay? When it comes to translation, the most important thing that needs to happen is that what the person, the originator said, gets translated. You have been listening to Great Hope, the Word, here on Your Next Step, a wonderful message from Pastor Doyle Jackson of The Church Next Door. We are so glad that you tuned in and spent this time with us. Pastor Doyle, we're talking about the Word here in this message, and it just seems natural that people would want to take another step with this Word, try out our devotion and podcast, A Year in the Bible. Yeah, I had a girl email me just a few weeks ago, and, and she said, I'm 20 years old. I live in rural Ohio, and someone introduced me to a year in the Bible, and I want you to know it's transforming my life. And my mom is now doing it with me. She's she's like so excited about the Word of God, and that's a free resource. You know, we've had over 40,000 downloads of a year in the Bible. It's amazing how many people's lives are being changed by just saying, every day I'm going to open the Word of God for four, maybe five minutes max. They listen to an intro to the passage, and then they read a chapter or two of the Bible themselves. And we want you to do that. We want you to be a part of that. It's not free to you because you put a lot of effort into it, and I see the work Well, it's costly, but, yeah. but we've paid the cost. We've yeah. upfront the cost. The church next door has done that yeah. as a gift to you. And right? that's what Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. So we want to freely give this resource to you a year in the Bible, download it, interact with it, develop that relationship with the word that we've been talking about, and then come back because we have more Your Next Step for you. Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to the church next door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. 4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time 
for your next step. 